Uh, well, hello there, everybody on Music Video Land. Welcome to another special super edition of the Music Video Land podcast, brought to you by your super good friends at IMVDB, the Internet Music Video Database, imvdb.com. Um, this is episode 113. My name is Adam Fairholm. I click the mouse and do all the things for the imvdb.com. With me is Doug Klinger. Doug, family-style dinner, Klinger. How are you? Dude, dude, super good. Uh, passing the meatballs. There you go. Doug, Doug, Doug's meals are usually with family. Is a big. It's kind of like a, a Olive Garden familia style dinner with Doug. Um, and then we have uh, Mr. Adam Mad Mad Cat Tortoise Shell Cat Alexander, all the way north of the wall. How are you doing, Adam? I'm doing weird. Weird tonight. Okay, that good. I think this we'll, we'll go for weird on the podcast. Usually we just uh, go for informative, but let's go for weird. I think we should go for weird. Um, let's make it happen. And we have a good guest for that because we have uh, Mr. Lance Drake, uh, director of Dope Bitch, as he's, hey. <laughs> as Hello. he's been re- requested to be to be introduced as Lance. How you doing? Hey, hey, hey! How's it going, Music Video Land, Music Video Nerds? Hey guys, how are you? And we're, you, we're good. That's right. Uh, if you have not, if you well, you should be familiar with Lance Drake's work first of all. But if you are not, go to the imvdb.com slash podcast or just imvdb.com slash podcast. Yeah, there's the, there's the, no the, the in there. Yeah, um, and we'll have a link to uh, Lance Drake's profile in there, which has some of our favorite videos, including Aunt Betty by Middle Class Rut, uh, The Future by Five Knives, and of course Dope Chick by The Dream. Um, all directed by Lance Drake. Uh, so welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Big fan of the site and these podcasts. So uh, this is going to be a real pleasure. So we Sweet. we had um, we asked you on because you have done. I don't know if we've ever had anybody in that's done the the the, the three peat the fabled triple crown of music video releases in a week. But you've done close to that. You've done two. The video for Three LAU How You Love Me, which was released yesterday, Wednesday, June twenty fifth, and then Clockwork by Elangelo, which was released today on Thursday, June twenty sixth. Yeah, it's been a crazy past month. I I first directed Clockwork for Elangelo, and then I believe about a week later I shot this next video. And normally for me, I go a month or two months or three months or four months between videos. And this was just back to back, so it's been like an AKA forty seven spray this week of just Lance Drake <laughs> media blast on Facebook. So, <laughs> and we wanted to talk about both of these videos, and I think the the three of us on the podcast want to talk about different ones specifically. But I wrote the, an article today on how you love me by three LAU because I really love this video, and. For people who who haven't seen it, just a really brief description is that these there's these two teenagers who are going to get it on. Uh, the girl indicates that she's ready to go for it, and then during you know things are happening, and she kind of reveals that there's there's mag- she has magical powers, and then he kind of tries to sneak out um, after it happens, and then she kind of reveals that uh, some other girl is calling him on his cell phone, and then kind of takes revenge on him through magical ways. And the video the video like gets really disturbing toward the end. There's a, uh, a giant bear, which will give me nightmares, I'm sure. Um, but I was wondering how you pitch this video, because it, it seems like a, an interesting one to like pitch to a, to a band or a label. 
Yeah, um, it actually kind of came direct through my directing rep, Dan Kent at Doomsday. And they were looking just to do something really creative and out there. I think we're living in kind of a post-turned-down-for-what EDM (laughs) music video world. And I have a history of doing really crazy videos. And so I just kind of gave it my all with the treatment. Um, I normally look at the song lyrics and, you know, get inspired by that. And in the song, it talks about how you love someone and if you're good to them you get the angel and if you're bad to them you get the curse you get the demon so I wanted to kind of see both sides of that in a relationship but I wanted the video to be really polarizing like I wanted to see halfway through the video this just hard right turn um, almost out of nowhere and uh, I think we achieved that and, yeah, the hard right turn comes from, I mean, was there supposed to be some sort of ambiguity of whether this guy kind of deserved it? Because she doesn't really catch him in, in like, a, like, a literal cheating act, kind of. She, it's, I guess it's kind of implied that she's a little unstable and very, very jealous, just like the act of another girl calling him is setting her off. Sure. I, I'm, I'm pretty sensitive to the male and female perspective, and I didn't want our guy to necessarily come off as the villain and I didn't want our female lead to to, as well come across as the villain just because like I guess looking back at all my past relationships it's just kind of like it was no one's fault so I wanted it to feel kind of vague and I wanted to see the gaze of the male gaze and the female gaze I don't know if that makes sense but taking me back to film school that's right all of my past relationships uh, have been my fault, so that's cool. If in case anyone's wondering, <laughs> um, uh, uh, how how do you kind of manage to do that? Manage to kind of make it so that you know if you're pulling for one of the other, you kind of are redeemed either way, and that neither of them are the bad guy. I think it's really just in the performance. Um, I actually grew up acting, and I studied acting for many years, and I was in a movie and. Uh, that was just kind of another life and is now a big part of the way I direct. Um, I'm almost like the third actor on set because I'm just, I'm just very alive when I'm directing. Um, and I kind of live through what my actors are going through while we're shooting. And that might sound really weird. But um, so I, we just did a lot of rehearsals with these kids. We did two rehearsals and we were lucky enough. It was a one-day shoot that we had a pre-light the day before and the set was dressed the day before so we were able to do like a full rehearsal and just kind of really I really worked with these two kids to kind of get to a point where it was really emotional and it was really real but it was very honest I don't know I think that's kind of how it worked out and, and were the the kind of the, the magic in in the video was was that kind of inspired by anything I got kind of a, a Matilda vibe in some of that although Matilda is is subject matter wise very different than this um, but some of those kind of magic elements seem to have a very similar kind of vibe was there anything that you kind of drew from for those um yeah well in the initial pitch the only thing that the artist kind of requested was there to be an element of magic but I don't think he he necessarily at first had the intention of it going such a hard right but then as we were developing the idea we both kind of got excited by the idea of of it 
going to the further extreme that it does in the second half. Um, but yeah, I was inspired by the X-Men. I was inspired by, you know, just the character Jean Grey in the X-Men. I grew <laughs> up reading comic books and I had a big crush on Jean Grey as a kid. Um, and I, she's a redhead. I don't know if you noticed that. I don't know if you read comic books, but... I'm, uh, I'm familiar with Jean Grey, definitely. I was thinking Carrie a little. Exactly, too. yeah, Carrie as well. Yeah. In the treatment, it said, what if Carrie was an American apparel girl? <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, you mentioned uh, living in a post-turned-down-for-what world. I was wondering what you, what you meant by that. Well, uh, I think what I really meant by that is just, I think, just based off of the reaction of that video and just how well it's been received, I think artists are becoming much more open-minded to allowing directors to just really go crazy. I mean, we were already in kind of like a, a not safe for work world, but turned down for what is just, it's that times 10. Um, and so I think that that's just really kind of opened labels minds and people's minds to doing things that are just really out there hypersexual on like a mainstream level because this is a mainstream song and so is turned down for what um yeah and i guess there's 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 been some talk about whether you know what role turned down for what the video had in the single success because you know single has little john on it um, but it's, it's, it's sitting at number nine, you know, on the Billboard Hot 100. So it's been a, a massive major success. And I mean, do you, have you felt that kind of, you know, artists and labels are like, we want that kind of effect of having something that's so, uh, out there that, that, you know, has that kind of impact? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like since then, every conversation I've had with a commissioner, that video has been brought up, uh, in some way. So I think that's going to be one of the videos of this, you know, decade that people are going to remember as like, that was our video. And and, uh, do you find that in, in EDM that artists have been, have always kind of traditionally been more willing to not be in music videos? I know you, you have, you've done a lot of uh, music videos in a lot of different genres. You've done a lot of hip hop videos and hip hop videos are traditionally kind of the opposite. The artist frequently wants to be in the video looking like a cool dude um, more often than not. Do you find that in, in the EDM videos, even pr- prior to Turn Down for What, that, that there was kind of more of a freedom in, in that genre to not have to put the artist in there? Yeah, I, I think so. I, honestly, I feel like Blau is the first EDM video I've truly done. I guess Five Knives is, is kind of an EDM video, but... I know for me, and I'm, I'm writing on a pretty big EDM song right now, it's exciting because you can really focus on narrative and creative instead of making a star. Um, so the story becomes the star, the creative becomes the star. So, uh, yeah. And is creating a star something... Uh that has been asked upon you prior to this or do you or not maybe not directly asked but something that you felt like was also part of what you were trying to do yeah i think i think there's kind of two i mean there's probably more than two types of videos there's like really experimental out there videos then there's just the narrative more creative centered videos and then there's the kind of like mark romantic style videos where you watch them and you just 
there's it's all about an icon um and so i feel like edm videos obviously you since there's you can't really just see a guy fiddling with a bunch of keys for <laughs> four minutes um or typing on his computer um it has to be, it has to be something else. It would be like that uh, that Saturday Night Live Da Vinci skit, exactly. Um, and we'll link to those that in the show notes. And yeah, the the so the girl you found for this role has, has a super ice cold stare. I'm looking at the uh, the shot of when all these purple stuffed animals are being lifted up, and I I don't know. There's there's something around about the way she is able to communicate that 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 communicates that it's not she's not playing around. Where, yeah, Ra- where, where did you find her? Rachel is, is amazing. Um, I'm I'm pretty serious about my casting, and I push my producers pretty hard. We saw over 80 girls for this video, and wow. she was the one that just screamed at me because not only is she beautiful, she was willing to be you know almost ugly in a way to be real. And I've seen a lot of girls in LA. And I've seen a lot of girls audition and. They all just want to be beautiful, and it's like I'm looking for people who are really going to go there, and she really brought it, uh, and I believed her. And the other thing with her is her eyes are just so beautiful and large that in, in the first half of the video when she's looking at him, you really believe that she loves him just through her eyes, and then those eyes halfway through turn into something else. Um, and the ending shot where, the, where she she's going to... I don't know what she's going to do, but it definitely made me cringe a little bit. She's going to do something. I don't know. Yeah, so I don't know if you're talking about the castration scene. Um, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, at the end. Because, well, after that, right after that, there's a shot of the pile of stuffed animals. So I was wondering oh, if, right. it, if yeah. it kind of ends up there in some way. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. I kind of wanted it to leave, leave, leave it open-ended. I was Ethan Felbau, my production designer, and I were kind of potentially talking about seeing his legs sticking out behind those bears. But then <laughs> I kind of like it just as is because it's like, did he become a bear? Did any of this really happen? Um, I, I feel like there's just more breathing room in the end instead of like a really big final punchline. I think just seeing that giant blue bear normal at the end is enough. Yeah, definitely. It. I didn't think about... I, now I'm going to think that it actually didn't happen because the castration scene, uh, although very tastefully done, you could definitely, it was painful. Let's just say that. Um, yeah, I was, we, I was actually fighting back and forth between at the end, literally through his boxer shorts, a bear <laughs> flying out like an alien, like in the movie Aliens. <laughs> and like it was ripped through his pants. But, you know, at a certain point, you kind of have to walk away from a video. And I normally like, in the last day or two, just have to clean my hands of it and be like, it's done, or this is it, we can't add anything else. And um, yeah, so that didn't happen. Going back a little bit to the fact that you were working on both, um, you know, because release dates and stuff, you know, change for music videos. Sometimes music videos take a lot longer to come out than others. So just because uh, both of these music videos came out, um, on this uh, within the same week it wouldn't have necessarily meant that you worked on them at the same time but the fact that you did is is really interesting and and I'm curious cuz the, the the conceptually the videos are are pretty pretty different significantly different is it like 
difficult to kind of balance the two types of videos there where one video you're, you know, considering having like a bear fly out of boxer shorts where that's the type of thing that, you know, wouldn't be 100 miles from the clockwork video. Is it is difficult balance between the two concepts? Well, for me, that's what I love about music videos and making music videos is that I'm able to, you know, flex different muscles and it's almost, I already went through film school, but a lot of what I'm doing is just figuring out who I am as an artist and, um, and as a director, as pretentious as that sounds. The thing that's great is I can, I can flex different muscles. And so when I was doing Blau, I approached it like a Hollywood film. It was almost like a fucked up Hollywood movie we were making. Um, and then with Clockwork, which I was actually prepping an entire month before we started shooting, I approached like an art project. Uh, I worked very closely with Elangelo and Flo and their management and their creative director to like really conceive this like almost like art piece. So they felt like two radically, obviously they are two radically different styles, um, just two different muscles, I guess, directing muscles. Um, so let's talk about the clockwork, or the sorry. I was going to say Clockwork Orange. The Clockwork video a little bit by Elangelo featuring uh, Flo Finister. So like you mentioned, this is definitely, it definitely does have that sort of art project feel. And you mentioned that, does Elangelo have a creative director that you kind of worked with on their image for this video? On his well, image? Their their manager, Deodo, is just like a really great guy. He's kind of the U.S. representative for bromance. Um the label that put out the Gisalfelstein videos, or however you say his name, uh, those amazing videos. Um, and from so, last year. What's that? For the two videos from last year, uh, Pursuit and um, uh, uh, the, the one with the gold. Yeah, and so this whole, the whole movement of what we did with the Elangelo project is just the most strangest coincidence. Elangelo is one of the first artists I've ever reached out to personally and said, hey, here's my work. I'm a fan of your music. I would love to do a video for you. And uh, I know that seems strange because that's what I probably should have been doing for the past five years. But this was honestly one of the first times I actually reached out directly to an artist. Um, and so he responded and was like, yes, we've got to do something. And the weird thing is the artist that he was working with, Flo Finister, I didn't realize they were working together, but I've known this girl for five years or maybe three years. Hmm. She was in my Dope Bitch video. Right when I did Rob Roy's Carmen Cita video, she had seen it and she was an, she's a singer and she wanted to do a video with me. We kept in touch for a year, uh, ended up not working out, but then I approached her about her being one of the girls in the Dope Bitch video. She's in it. And then coincidentally, after I reached out to Elangelo, I realized that they were doing a song together. So kind of all of these worlds collided at once. And we just started really just brainstorming and, and figuring out what this video could be. Um, and they, they really just kind of opened the doors for whatever I wanted to make. And I was very inspired by Elangelo's first album and kind of just ran with it and kind of followed my heart with different things I'm into. I wanted to ask about this location because there's there's all sorts of locations that are of like indeterminate origin, I guess, in, in the beginning of the video. And then you start to see this 
this sort of industrial looking wide open space where did where did you find that so all the scenes with Flo and Elangelo are all shot on the tiniest green screen stage you've ever seen in your life uh <laughs> it was literally i i mean it felt like we were shooting in like a like just like a parking like a little garage uh so that was all green screen and post um and then that Stark open space is the Sepulveda Dam, which is in Burbank. And they've shot quite a few sci-fi things there. Uh, Gattaca, there's a scene in Gattaca that features this structure. And it's literally just a dam. Uh, and I think the, the most expensive thing in our budget was permitting that dam uh, and shooting there. And you talk about, you know, Adam mentions a location and there's, you know, obviously there's a lot of kind of open space in the video and there's not a lot of camera movement. I, I'm curious what inspired kind of that, that's those style choices to have those elements in the video. Yeah, totally. I'm glad you asked that. So uh, basically with this video, I wanted every shot to, in, I think 98% of the video is just static lock off and I wanted it to just feel so stark and so locked off and be really image-based. I wanted every shot in the video to be the kind of still that you would want to just be a giant poster. And so I kind of ran with that for the entire video. So there's just there's almost no camera movement in the entire video. And the sci-fi elements, you know, I, I see some, some inspiration maybe from like a 2001 A Space Odyssey. What were the influences, and were any of the influences from what had shot at that location before? Like you mentioned, Gattaca is is now. I think you call that like a sci-fi classic at this point, late '90s. It's enough time has passed. Sure, uh, it is a classic, and it's on Netflix Instant. Everybody should watch it. <laughs> influences. Uh, I think big influences were in the opening shot was the Phantom Zone in Superman Two when Zod. Uh, gets thrust out of the planet and they're caught in this thing called the Phantom Zone and it's kind of what this plexi piece of glass floating through space kind of looks like. Um, and then other influences were the thermoptic fight scene in the movie Ghost in the Shell. I've always been obsessed with Ghost in the Shell and there's a particular scene that features kind of like a predator invisible suit fight scene and uh, I've always kind of wanted to adapt that uh, I hear they're making a live-action Ghost in the Shell movie, and maybe that was on my mind. I don't know. But uh, that was a big inspiration. George Lucas has been an inspiration for me through my entire life. And so I think almost in every video I've made, he's kind of touched it in some way, as weird as that sounds. And... and um... Uh, for anyone who's listening who hasn't read the interview, we interviewed both you and uh, Mindy Kelly uh, about the Five Knives video not long ago, and she worked on this video with you as well. Um, uh, was that that kind of that fight scene that you're talking about? Is that that a big part of what what Mindy's contribution to this video was? Yeah, um, Mindy's just an amazing choreographer and just performer herself, uh, and. We, we, we studied that fight scene and then we just talked more about movement and how we wanted it to be different from the Five Knives choreography that we did. And I wanted it to feel more like a dance and more bigger since we're dealing with such a big, wide space, really feeling the characters pull apart and then come back and hit each other, 
just really feel more like a fluid dance rather than just like a, you know, standard fight scene. You mentioned George George Lucas. Reminds that reminded me a little bit of like THX one one three eight. I haven't seen that movie in a long time, but maybe the love that movie. Yeah. It was a, that was a huge influence on the Five Knives video I did. Um, and I, I, another big influence was like as a kid, I would go to Borders Bookstore, and there were all the <laughs> yeah, and there were there were all those movie books with like the production design and the behind the scenes photos and. I think in all of my work, I always try to carve out and be very specific with props and details. And Tyler Jensen, uh, the production designer, and I came up with these designs for these plexiglass swords and for the instrument Elangelo plays. And I've always loved kind of like the nerdy sci-fi details in films. And so it was really exciting just to kind of make new weapons and, and really build a world. I think you and I may we, we probably have all spent some time simultaneously at different borders throughout the entire United States. And that I I was a frequent uh reader of like Stanley Kubrick books, all those I remember they had like a lot of behind the scenes Stanley Kubrick book stuff. Um that I was that that was awesome. Yeah, bo- Borders is all closed now, right? They're Barnes and Nobles is the only one that that's around anymore. Yeah, Borders is sadly game over, I think. Because Borders, they had the music. I think they were the first ones to have the music as well, as well as the and the DVD and the DVDs and the DVDs. Yeah, it was like you, if you got bored with the books, you could wander in the DVD section. It was all it was all downhill from there. Yeah, if if you've got more than calendars and board games, you're you're not a bookstore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, I would, uh, yeah, sorry to turn us into a talk about Borders, but you know, I think for you know. Um, a certain ge- generation of people borders is like the place where they like first like looked into books and looked into especially you know you go to the sections that are most entertaining the movies the music and all that stuff and borders always had a lot of that stuff yeah it's just so sad that you know our kids will never experience that i feel like i discovered so much music and so many random weird comp- music compilations and weird books and stuff like that just hanging out in borders uh I don't know. You can't really hang out at the Amazon store, so it's too easy to get distracted by something else, or 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 uh, or just like the rest of the internet. At least being in Borders, it's like at least good stuff. That's why the that's why the CDs tarnished it because CDs suck. Uh, that's not true. Um, well, yeah, you had to, if you wanted to like uh, you know preview the song, they had little stations with actual headphones. <laughs> yeah, they in. had the listening station. Remember, and you scan the barcode and you can listen to them. <laughs> That was the coolest shit. That was the coolest shit. I think they're. I've. I was. I've been to one that still had that. Just like last year. I think they're all gone (laughs) now. But that. That was. That's like we're at the just at the cusp of where that's becoming like so ridiculously old and archaic that people don't even because you know it's been maybe ten years since seen anybody actually listening to it like pre previewing a CD (laughs) at a Borders like that need. Do you remember? Oh man, I can't believe. Do you remember at? Uh, the, the the blockbuster had a place that sold music for a while, and and they would open up the CD and put it in a CD player and let you listen to it. That was the alternative. <laughs> Prior to Borders <laughs> scan machine, man, this got off the rails fast. Uh, um, well, yeah, but Lance, whoever remembers I don't know, that, Doug and I grew up in South Florida, which had one of the only blockbuster musics. So there you go. That's just that's what it was. Blockbuster music. Holy cow. 
Should we talk about some of the videos of the week? Because Doug has a, or we have a, a little bit of a, a list um, to check out. Uh, let's let's talk about music videos. Uh, <laughs> let's let's talk about because uh, I've been itching to talk about an FK Twigs video in this podcast. That's where I wanted to start nice. since last week because she released a music video that. Uh, premiered exclusively on Dazed, and we don't have they don't. There's no YouTube or Vimeo embed still for that video, uh, so we didn't get to talk about that one. But so let's talk about this one. Uh, two weeks by FKA Twigs, uh, directed by Nabil. What what did everyone think of this music video? Correct me if I'm wrong. This is a one shot video, or at least it looks it right. You know, it re- it's made to look that way. It reminded me of Power by Kanye West, the yeah. the, the famous video yeah. that is only like. I think a minute and 20 seconds of the actual video, but it's a tableau. And this is definitely in the same vein. Um, but uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I, th- I think it's, it's a style that is not really utilized that much, but it's really interesting. And, um, and yeah, Nabil, go Nabil. This is great. Bill. And FK Twigs is known for her, for her crazy music videos, crazy awesome music videos. So yeah. So do, do we need a, a maybe a bit of a, a breakdown on the video? I think you. Of, I think you've already started. So take yeah, us home. Yeah. So um, it's kind of um, uh, basically the video is uh, is comprised of uh, FK Twigs. Um, she's she's. I think she's seated. I'm sort of rewatching it right now. But it has kind of a, of a feeling of. Uh, um, like she's like a figure of royalty or, or something like that. And, uh, and surrounding her are other versions of her, uh, but smaller sized versions of her that are dancing. And, uh, um, that's, that's basically the gist of the video. What's the, but, what's the vibe? What it is feels it? like, it, it feels like queen of the damned to me. Yeah, that's a good. Queen of the damned. That's the, sure. is that the, uh, Aaliyah, Aaliyah movie? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely has that feel to it. So yeah, it's kind of like a a, a sultry kind of a creepy type of a dealy, and and I mean it's all shot in like a kind of a golden color palette, which kind of fits in with the with the royalty sort of feeling as well. And uh, yeah, just really really cool and uh, and moody, and it just like the track is amazing, and it all fits together really well. It's a really cool video. The thing that I really love about Nabil is like. He has the most amazing timing with the artists he works with, and he's so good at curating who he works with. And yeah. this is just like the perfect timing for anyone to do a video with her. And it's it's a great video. Um, and uh, he's Nabil's just so good at nailing a tone and just keeping things consistent for an entire video. That's a that's a great point about about Nabil. That he, I mean, gosh, he just seems to catch every artist at like just the per- the perfect time uh the perfect time and he ob- he obviously is you know always knocks it out of the park too pretty much and so um but he does yeah and um a great way to put an artist on the map as well as kind of spotlight his talent as well just by being so cutting edge with with who he works with and when it's really good my favorite thing about this video is that once you pull out into the full tableau you have, you know, the the dancers around. And then in the back, like behind the columns, you kind of see a group of people dressed like they're caterers or something <laughs> with like aprons on. And they're just kind of sitting around waiting and not really doing anything. 
I, I think it's kind of small to see, and even when I blow it up to HD and on my little 13-inch MacBook, I can't really see. I think they are FKA twigs as well. Yeah, I think so. Um, but it, it just kind of is a little kind of funny. I think it's, it's supposed to be humorous. I don't know. It's like everybody's, like, there's this big tableau happening, but there always has to be the back of the house who's supplying, you know, the food and cleaning, yeah. cleaning shit up. And the FKA twigs is like, there is always, like, so, like, lots of stuff going on. Her, uh, so a lot of her other music videos, um, kind of on the surface, are a lot more simple than this one, um, you know. But uh, and and she's all she's frequently listed as co-director on her music videos as well. Um, uh, so she's obviously very hands-on with stuff. And uh, yeah, you, you see some kind of like little kind of elements of humor and and or or kind of winks and stuff in in FKA Twigs' uh, music music videos. Uh, Traditionally. Um, so, Adam, let's talk about a music video that you staff picked this week, Coldplay, A Sky Full of Stars. I got some shit for it, too. You got a little bit of shit from, from <laughs> actually, uh, from, from, the, uh, from Lance's uh, DP on 3LU. So, uh, Isaac Bauman giving Adam a little bit of shit um, about the pick of this Coldplay video. How, Adam, on Twitter or what? Where? On Facebook, on Facebook, uh, just just was questioning uh, questioning Adam's pick of this uh, Adam's pick of this video, and Adam Adam defended it well. Adam defended it well. Can we can we hear the the defense? I'm I'm very interested. Yeah. <laughs> the thing that I, the thing that I think is interesting is that we're also talking about the Demi Lovato video, and they both kind of have a similar aesthetic in a way that it's about kind of like this crowd. And uh, and just kind of trying to feel like a real moment, and I don't understand why Coldplay are wearing all this crazy shit, but we can't hear what they're playing, and we're just hearing <laughs> track. It's clearly just a prop, like uh, like the one man band drum never drums. So even if you were there live, th- there wouldn't even be a live <laughs> yeah. sound to it. So okay, so I guess I have to defend this video now. Um, <laughs> so. Part of the reason, so but you're right. Actually, we always try to look for like weird because it often is the case. These like weird little thematic threads in music videos each week, and definitely like the outside with people candid shots is I think is the thread for this week because definitely Demi Lovato has video has it, a sky full of stars has it, and um, this is directed by Matt Whitecross who is you know Coldplay's pretty much almost ex- well, relatively exclusive director for the past few albums. Um, and like you, you know, like you guys mentioned, this is an outdoor, you know, thing where the guys are all dressed up in crazy stuff. Um, Chris Martin has a sort of uh, what's the guy's uh, name for Mary Poppins, who has a one-man band thing going on. Whoever Dick Van Dyke's character was, yeah, uh, that's his name, Dick Van Dyke, with the big drum on his, on his back. So the reason I picked this was, you know, I'm a big fan of these videos. Uh, that have this really spontaneous element to them, and, I'm, and it goes all the way back for me to like the 1987 uh, video for uh, "Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For" by U2, which is one of my favorite videos, and and was a really different video at the time. It's uh, set in Las Vegas, and it was shot you know between tour stops while they were on the Joshua Tree tour, and they're sort of walking around Las Vegas. 
and it kind of showcased their kind of charisma and um, you know had a lot of really interesting candid shots that you weren't seeing in music videos at the time. So I'm, I'm not saying that the Coldplay reaches this level of charisma in this video, although I think there are fun little moments. I think part of the the interest for me or the the charm for me comes from the fact that Coldplay is such a big band, and they've done that. You know whether you like them or hate them. I think uh, Consequence of Sound, and I'll, we'll link to this in the show notes. Um, published, uh, or they didn't publish, but they, I guess, republished, a, a list of the top-grossing acts from 1990 to 2014. And Coldplay, you know, you go down the list, and Coldplay are the only ones that are still really making any music that's sort of popular and relevant. I mean, you're looking at like Jimmy Buffett, Metallica, Billy Joel, you know, all, the, all these kind of dinosaurs. And, then, and in the top 25, they're really the only ones, top 21. Um, they've grossed almost four hundred million dollars since since nineteen ninety, even though they only came on the scene in you know two thousand ish. So um, I don't know. I just I you know it's there's something interesting about a band that big just kind of walking into a crowd of people, even if it is a little cheesy. Even I can definitely see where the hate for this video comes from. <laughs> it's definitely like a little you know it's 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 a little construed. It's a little bit um, on the nose. But I still, I still liked it. I think you know, for every three things that Coldplay puts out that are horrendous, they, they there's still a few things in there that are good. That's my defense. That's that's well, all well, saying. well defended, well defended. I think I think we can leave it there. I think uh, <laughs> it's a lot of videos. Well, you you did a good job. Okay, so everybody listening who's like, this is a shitty video that you've you've uh, you've provided the counter argument. But, but just one we... more thing, Matt Whitecross <clears throat> has done real some really good Coldplay videos. The 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 video for Paradise from 2011 is an excellent video. And I think uh, we'll link that in the show notes. How about that? If you don't like this video and you're you're down on Coldplay and you're down on Matt Whitecross, watch that video. Well, you should be down on Matt Whitecross. I can't. There's no reason to do that. So let's talk about, since we mentioned it already, uh, Demi Lovato featuring Cher Lloyd, Really Don't Care, directed by Ryan Pallada. I love this video and song. Uh, <laughs> whatever. I don't care anything. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't dare staff pick it. But but I loved it a lot. I loved it a lot, uh, like more than I should have. I don't know I'll, why. I'll back, like, I, I'll back you, Doug. I'll back you on the dummy love. She's cool. This I had fun watching this video, and I was dancing. So that's and I'm saying no more because I'll be embarrassed. She has sweet hair. That's my favorite thing. If it was just her hair, I would just watch her hair. So a little a little bit of a primer on the video. This takes place at a gay pride parade. I I, I believe it is a gay pride parade. Um, and it actually just happened this month in West Hollywood, California, so out near you, Lance. Um, and it's basically her on a float, and there's a few cutaways and a few different things, but a lot of it is like uh, kind of live, candid parade shots. Um, yes, it is. And then and Perez Hilton. He's oh, and you know what? I didn't I didn't think Cher Lloyd was in this, but there she is. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you didn't watch the whole video. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, yeah, she is. She's in there. She da- uh, sings and dances. Well, oh, I was gonna, uh, I was gonna, and com- camera mugs. I was going to complain that she was severely underutilized because she obviously wasn't at the parade. But if she was at the parade, I think I, I think I would have bumped this video up in a few notches. Okay. Like I said, I didn't staff pick it, but I was dancing, so whatever. Uh, I I liked it, but it's fun and and it's it is a good song, right? Adam Alexander, you got me on that. Yeah, it's a it's not her best song, but it's definitely a, it's a good song. It's I it, fun, I uh, think it is her. Song. If you're not saying that it's her best song, I'm going back to the post office <laughs> and unsending those t-shirts that I sent you today. So, 
They allow you to do that here. They allow you to do that here in Florida. I'm not gonna. No, I'm not gonna compromise my honesty <laughs> in the podcast for my T-shirts. It's <laughs> not her best song. It's not. Um, do you think she still has some like Disney? Had like like uh, unlike Miley, who's been able to fully shake the Disney baggage. Uh, do you think Demi Lovato still has some some Disney roots attached? Yeah, she's still playing it safe. I think I I th- had thought that after she came out of rehab that she would maybe go a little bit more uh, riskier, a little more adult. But she's still sticking pretty safe, pretty close to home. I think. Well, wait, hold on. She's at a gay pride pride parade. Although, yeah, but that's the, but that's and then then that's not necessarily. I don't think. Um, you know, anti Disney. I think, yeah, I don't think that's not, yeah, I think Disney is, is certainly inclusive, but it's still like a lot more bubblegummy and, and not explicit uh, sure. than, than, um, than obviously some of the other people who, her age, who have kind of tried to get out of the Disney uh, world. <laughs> I'm, I'm a fan of Ryan's. I think he's really, he's got a really good style and he's really good at pop videos and making, making things look expensive and feel really big and maybe it's because they really are I don't know you never know with budgets these days but um, the thing that I kind of really liked is it seems like in the pop world there's been this whole train of kind of getting behind gay culture and this feels like a really kind of sincere approach like actually showing the people being a part of the mix Uh, I was really hoping to see Demi make out with a girl that would have been the ultimate ending of the video. <laughs> and and this, um, the styling is there, too. Both uh, Demi and Cher Lloyd both have bow ties on and, um, and like, kind of, you know, but, kind of work office-style button-up-inspired right. uh, clothing in, in their performance and stuff. And, and that stuff is, is, is in the roots of the video as well. It's not just kind of like, oh, let's, let's throw Demi Lovato, however she is, at, at a gay pride parade. You know, that's they were kind of stylistic choices that um, kind of m- mirrored that. Yeah, and I mean, just think about who's watching this video. It's, it's, you know, twelve-year-old girls and twelve-year-old boys, and I've, you know, I feel like this is like a really positive approach to something that you could ever do with this idea. Um, and yeah. I think it's important to remember that the first. Just it's a very short, but the first six or seven vi- seconds of the video are protesters from the from the parade with yeah. like homosexes a sin. It's kind of once you get to the end of the video, you've kind of forgotten that. But rewatching it, I I, I definitely kind of my ears picked up at that because it's it's something that you know they it was obviously like a conscious decision to leave in. Um and could have like very easily been left out. So it, yeah, it is. It does add a little bit more of sincerity to it. Yeah, I, I, there's, I, uh, I, there's probably but, a reason that the that the the younger generations are are more tolerant than maybe our parents and our grandparents are to all these types of uh, like homosexuality and things like that. And maybe it's videos like this that are kind of propagating those that acceptance. And who knows? There, there's got to be a reason why uh, why people are increasingly more tolerant. And it's and it, it definitely I I agree with the sincerity and and that the fact that you, the protesters are. Kind of shown it, it 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 makes it like you know it's not like a prop like let's 
put gay people in the video because people like to talk about gay people like they they are let's put a drone camera in a video (laughs) right (laughs) they're like showing that there is a reason that this needs to be done you know because it need there there's things that that this video and 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 this and and what this video represents is countering and is going against and that is represented in this video um which definitely adds to the sincerity of it for sure I mean, was there? There's probably a danger of people saying Demi Lovato, you're appropriating the, the gay community. So that's and that's a that's a bad word in music videos. You don't want to be accused of being appropriating something. No, um, and that's a great lead in to the next video. Uh, Stranger People by Dope Dopra. Uh, we suck at saying saying things. Uh, I think you got it, Doug. Yeah, yeah he's from New Zealand, it. right? Um, I'm not. Sh- I wasn't she's sure. She's the next. She's the next New Zealand star. She's next to the Lord. That's right. Lord two. Uh, Lord two <laughs> is. Uh, we're calling it here. <laughs> Music video later from Christchurch, New Zealand. And the, if you go to her Twitter profile, the last tweet is a retweet from uh, at New Music Video. So there we go. How about that? What up? Um. So the the essentially this video. Uh. Essentially, it's a K-pop video uh, or a lot of elements that come that are that you come to expect from a k-pop video all the way down to the um mannerisms and the performance and 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 uh, the style but it's it's certainly not a k-pop song which made this very unsettling at least for me to watch um because the the in a k-pop music video like a carrie pomu pomu music video who carrie pomu pomu also had a music video come out this week uh the bubblegum style music kind of balances the crazy shit that you're seeing, and there's no balance uh, in this video, and it's kind of like a slower um, song, and it, it it made things very unsettling. Um, has has anyone seen anybody upset about cultural appropriation about this video? No, not at all. But I just I wonder. It would be yeah. A- yeah, I, I wonder if people, uh, K-pop not being as big as it necessarily should be here in, in North America or Canada or wherever, uh, I don't know that people have picked up on, on that part of it. Maybe not so much, not maybe not as much as the Avril video that came out, which was definitely uh, called out on uh, misappropriation. Well, is K-pop, I mean, K-pop is Western inspired, right? Like the right. a lot of that stuff is. So this is kind of like... It's like when you put it's like when you put a sentence in Google Translate, uh, and it like gives you the word in a different language, and then you put that translation back into the English side, and it's like yeah. nothing, nothing at all, like what you put in there originally. That's this. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, she's kind of, sort of trying to mimic, especially with the eye makeup. She's mimicking yeah. uh, the Korean style of mimicking um, American pop artists, which is kind of a crazy. If someone was gonna call this out, it would be like really crazy, like an, an inception of misappropriation. We can talk about cassette, and then, and then everyone can say their favorite from the week. I. I really love this video. Did everyone me else? Me too. That was a late discovery for me, Doug. I got to thank you for putting that one on the watch list. I probably would have missed that one. Oh man, this is really a great video. Is this Cosette is a is an EDM artist, right? Is that true? I would say EDM is sure. So I think this is another video that kind of benefits from uh, maybe what Lance was talking about being in that post turned down for what world where you don't need to put the artist in the video and that. They can kind of go for it with an idea because 
you know, I've never seen a music video that was definitely a music video. I mean, there's a Vivo release that that felt felt so uh, so much like a short film, but not like a short film that doesn't have anything to do with the music. Like it, it was so clearly inspired by the song and the lyrics as well. I just thought it was so kind of beautifully done. And God, the, it made, it made, I hated myself watching this video and then, and then rewatching it again. Like it's, it's like super scary and, and uh, great. I, I love this one really hard. We should explain just a little bit of what this. Yeah, we are too. Yeah. Um. So this it's a very very simple plot. It's a nice apartment opens up in a nice apartment. Anytime there's a nice apartment, you know, shit's gonna go down. Um. <laughs> so I've never seen a nice apartment in a in a movie or anything else where like good stuff happens. So he's, it's this dude. He's a little bit older, maybe his late thirties, bringing home a girl, and they're just kind of fooling around. And she's getting some wine ready, and she puts on the the music. And this is all diegetic, meaning it happens in the in the music video it's not just coming from some otherworldly place because she goes and puts on the music on his like apartment stereo system um then he notices that a door is ajar to the outside and uh he finds a woman in his apartment who is uh and well spoilers from here on out who is i guess his former uh, wife probably and she stabs him and then she she kills the guy the girl she he she brought home but everything is handled in a very i mean there's a lot of tension and it's it's like a feature film i mean this could could be a scene out of uh, a feature film definitely and the and the actors in it the lead guy and uh we for some reason don't have his name uh aaron abrams uh is kind of like a you know, he's a, he's got a verified Twitter account. He's a you know Hollywood actor. He's on Hannibal and been in some the television show Hannibal and yeah. been in some and some movies. Uh, Adam Alexander, you're a big fan of Hannibal, right? Does he have a? Oh yeah. Does he have a big a big part on that show? Yeah, he's in pretty much every episode. He's not a, a main character, but he's like one of the uh, one of the uh, crew there. He's definitely around. My favorite thing, my favorite little touch in the video was uh, a piece in the dialogue where they kind of nod to the fact that he's taken home a, a much younger woman. Mm-hmm. And uh, so kind of like he's the older dude who's out of touch with like the cool new music because she puts Cassette on. And uh, he kind of asks, oh, what is this crazy young people music that you're playing? And she <laughs> says, Cassette. Uh, to which he replies, like a cassette tape, and her response to that is, what's a cassette tape? Which I thought was hilarious. So that was yeah, my favorite little bit of dialogue in there. It was yeah, great. Yeah, it is. And it's played so well, too. The performances are fantastic. And like Adam mentioned, the, the tension uh, that exists. And then if you go back and watch it again, you you pick up on more. Because for me, at least, the reveal of the, the wife uh, the ex-wife being there and stuff was a, a huge surprise. But then, when going back and watching the video a second time, uh, you, you you hear the you hear somebody coming in at the beginning of the video, and then there there are silhouettes of her uh, a few points throughout the video as well um, that I didn't pick up on the first time. Such a cool song too, and I kind of like the contrast between the song not being dark, uh, with the exception of the title "Sleepless." which is referred to in the in the narrative. But yeah, there's a contrast. This song is really upbeat and and dancey and disco-y EDM and the, then the the video is like a crazy thriller movie with yeah, the stabbing. It's a, it's, it's a really great video. It reminds me of Glazer's Song for Lovers by Richard Ashcroft um, where he's just in this hotel room and the song's playing and he thinks he hears something and we're going from like diegetic 
sound of the song playing and he's singing along to it just has kind of a similar tone and the way it's shot, how stark it is. Um, I'm, yeah, it's, it's a really great piece. It feels like a short film. And you can see the A Song for Lovers by Richard Ashcroft on the site in glorious 360p. <laughs> it's, oh man, it's one of those those things that I, I it upsets me because that that is it's like a it's a beautiful video. I've seen it like on TV before, like in when it came like in around 2000, and you know the only place it exists now is in 360p. But I yeah. was wondering about that. What is going to happen to all these great videos that are just in 360p? I've seen some are starting to be remastered, some by Bjork and, and some of those higher profile ones. I would hope that we eventually get HD treatments of all of the great ones, hopefully. Well, it, I, Vivo certainly, I think Vivo, if if they own them, they don't seem uh, interested in putting them out. Um, uh, it's, it's, Adam? I was just going to say, I'm going to do another plug for my talk coming up in, in at uh, Sprockets Music Video Fest in July, where I'm talking about, part of the talk is about this very thing, about the last 10 years of technology and how that's affected music videos. So yeah, that there, we have this whole slew of music videos that were kind of rushed to be put up, I think, or maybe improperly pushed up, put up. This a Song for Lovers was uploaded in 2011. Um, and actually, well, I think you... there was a, a bandwidth thing too, right? Like bandwidth has increased so much that people can stream like really high quality stuff now. Whereas before, on on fifty six k connections, there was no way that porn was getting streamed in HD. Yeah, and I think that um, you know this was uploaded in two thousand eleven, and YouTube did have ten eighty p in two thousand eleven. But it's all you know. Do they have the source? I mean, where is the source? We've heard horror stories about um, you know sources for you know hd masters for music videos just being lost or you know in the, some bucket somewhere you know they're not cu- you know curated and taken care of like films and, and the source that we have for the video is it for is it a label source is it our artist source or is it some man who happened to have the mt it, it you know recorded off mtv and decided to you know upload that to to the internet is it like a fan upload it's you no know, it's artist upload Okay, so at least it's that. But for the mo- for a lot of times it isn't. You know, you, a lot of those older videos. We did a playlist uh, not too long ago that was the first twenty-five music videos ever aired on MTV, and at least half of them were, you know, just fan uploads recorded off you know VH1 or something. Right. And I think the pro- the problem is is like ten years from now, are we going to be complaining that the cassette video isn't in six K streaming? <laughs> I hope, I hope not. That, 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 well, at, at least we'd know we were going in a sweet direction. Uh, um, I, yeah, I feel like there's a. Hopefully, we're going to really reach some sort of equilibrium because music videos get released, you know, so frequently. And you know, I think YouTube doing going down the same path as Vimeo and being able to re like change the file that's actually there would be really nice because I know people don't want to lose those views. Right. Um, so anyway, yeah, I hope hopefully or yeah, we're not on like episode 500 of the podcast and we're like, and you can watch uh, Sleepless by Kazette in glorious 1080p. Murmur, 1080p. Is this Iraq? There's a podcast title right there. And I just want to say, was anybody doing this? I was distracted by how sweet this apartment is. Oh, man. Look at that fridge with the wine in the middle. Oh, That's really so cool. nice. You love your wine. 
Yeah, man, why not? Um, I, so yeah, so we do. Uh, I I'm a little disappointed we didn't get to talk about the weirdest video of the week. Robin Thicke's "Get Her Back." No, let's let let's talk about that real quick. We can. It's because it's a weird video. I like I like this video a lot better without the text messages. <laughs> you know what this video? So if anybody hasn't seen it, a uh, Robin Thicke, uh, his wife left him. Um, uh, be, after the whole blurred lines, you know, fame, and and before this, obviously. So he's in a new album cycle, and this is called "Get Her Back," directed by Jonas Ackerland, and um, it's it's a very uh, moody video with a lot of face close-ups. But yeah, like like you said, there there are little text messages, and it reminds me of like those financial planning commercials, like E Trade and stuff, where they like it's an old couple texting each other about you know how they're gonna plan for their future and if they have enough retirement money and stuff um, I, that, I know exactly the commercial you're talking about yeah i pitched on this video oh really i did um did your, did your pitch include uh text messages no it didn't um that's where you went that's where you went wrong <laughs> there is a nabil video with text messages though the arctic monkeys video well, I, I guess we, you can't just say that like putting text messages in a music video is automatically bad. But it, uh, I guess it just for me, it's not working and get and get her back for for whatever reason. Okay, can you ask like what the treatment was? Are you gonna use it for another video? Um, I mean, do you have five minutes? Yeah, do yeah. yeah, five minutes. Okay, here we go. Am I really gonna tell you guys? Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm never gonna use it again because I I love the song and I love where this whole storyline it's almost like pro wrestling where his career is going because it's like is this real life is this really he's really trying to get his wife back because <laughs> you know, no because it's, it's like true, this, yeah. is a, this is a very real thing that's happening in his life and he's using that to inspire his music and it's like crossing the lines between everybody knows what's going on in this man's life and he's like putting a mirror to that to his music um so I wanted to do something that was just very about where he is right now. And my idea was um, Richard Ashcroft going full circle. Um, he is walking through a city, long lensed, like Broadway or Shanghai, just people everywhere. And the camera is slowly pulling back and we're shooting super slow motion. And right after the first act of this moment of him walking, we reveal that he's actually on the back lot, like a Hollywood back lot. And all these people are actors and he's walking through the scene of a movie being made and there's fake rain and there's just and then it turns into kind of the chaos of kind of like Pee Wee's Big Adventure where when you're on a Hollywood backlot, there's all these people in different costumes and we're kind of referencing the crazy props and the crazy costumes of all of his like Diane Martell era videos. But he's just walking saying, fuck all of this. I'm going after something in particular. Security grabs him. They drag him to the ground. He's fighting. It's like that rebel without a cause James Dean moment where he's just faces on the concrete and he just keeps moving. And then he's walking past Video Village, walking past hair and makeup. And in the last act, he's at a Hollywood trailer and he walks inside and, it's a, and there's flowers everywhere and there's a vanity mirror and it's obviously a starlet's movie trailer and it's his wife's trailer and he leaves something for her and he looks in the mirror and the trailer door opens and we end the video and i wonder if a cost was a factor there because that seems like that would i mean like this video yeah. is basically like him in a dark room 
Well, I mean, that's the thing. It's like when when you're going up someone who I love, like Jonas, me doing what that budget was versus him doing it, I could pull it off. Um, oh man, I but, really want to see that. I really want to cool see that pitch. video. <laughs> it, almost, it almost has like a, a cynic doc New York uh, vibe to it. I dig it. It's Schenectady. Cool it's cool. I think it's. Yeah, sure. I can't say that. <laughs> I only speak French, Doug. Cynic judge. That's. That's the name of this podcast. Um, and there's like, you- this, there's like sense of like, you know, like I guess, it, like are these text messages like real? Like are these like things? Yeah, yeah. Like that, like that, that concept is is playing on the idea of like, is this real or is this not? And playing with people's perceptions. And yeah, the 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 the, the wrestler thing is completely apt here because. Like I've been a Robin Thicke fan for a long time, and he never has ever gone anywhere close to this. He's kind of a really private, personal guy. I found um, there's not like a lot you can find out about him, and a lot of his stuff isn't really bio- autobiographical. So this turn in his career, where it's like something this intensely personal, sure. um, is is really really weird and really really different. I love the song, and I I'm into what he's trying to do because it's like an interesting. It's just interesting. It's really interesting. Uh, but I think it's just this video is like my Blau video is just polarizing. Like it's not, it goes into almost kind of like an American horror story opening credits in a way. The way you see like a girl drowning, you see these people in masks and stuff, but then it's like a Marvin Gaye tune. You know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. it's, contradictory in a way uh and i'm not saying it's good or bad because i love jonas and uh, there's a famous david fincher quote where he said if if a video is really good the director's getting too much credit and if a video is really bad the director's getting too much credit and (laughs) (laughs) um Um, is it is it is it uh do you typically you know when you have uh obviously written on a video and and didn't get it do you do you look for that video and, and watch it and, and you know, if I don't think, book it? Yeah. Yeah. When you don't book a video, do you, do you frequently go and watch the other, the, the one that did, that did get booked? Oh, of course. I watch every video. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. And it's always interesting to see, you know, someone else's viewpoint on and where it goes. Um, and it's, it's do you uh, do you ch- do you try to reserve opinion or do you like do you typically is it either like oh I I I, I would have done better than that or it's like oh man they they picked a good video like do, yeah. do you I'm and maybe this is just my ego or something but I'm 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 usually let down just because I put so much time into what I really believe is the right way to go but uh, I have been surprised and been blown away I'm trying to think of a video recently that I was like, you know what? Like, they nailed it. Oh, I know exactly what. Uh, itch. Frank Bourne did this Itch video where it's black and white and it turns color and it's a very pop video. Uh, yeah. And I wrote something that I think was probably the wrong way to go maybe because I, I really like where they went with it. It felt like how I remember music videos used to be. Like, big. It felt big to me, what they did with the money they had the another man video by itch that was a yeah that was a great video that's right uh it's a great pop video um but uh yeah i'm i'm typically usually let down just because i'm usually so emotionally invested in the things i decide to write on 
I think we should go real quick as everyone say their favorite. Uh, as starting with starting with Adam Alexander. Okay, uh, so I'm not sure who the primary artist is on this one, but the Steve Aoki Diplo Dioro Freak video was absolutely awesome. It's a hilarious video. So basically the setup is uh, we see a bunch of characters, male and female, in sort of sexually compromising situations, or so it would appear. Uh, I'm not going to give away the uh, the reveals on this, but if you watch the video, you'll see that they're not doing what it initially appears they are doing. And uh, I think it's it's a really cool video, and it kind of plays into the whole big hype with all the uh, with all the sexually explicit videos that have been coming out lately. And uh, yeah, lots of fun with this one. I thought it was great. You guys like this one? Direct, yes, directed by Ryan Stake, who is a frequent collaborator of Diplo's, and um, they always have a, a way of. Uh, Ryan Stake also directed the the music video, if you remember, for for Diplo. Uh, set it off with like the stripper pole that goes all the way into outer space. So uh, they have they have a history of uh, kind of playing with sexually explicit stuff but but doing it in a unique way and this this one's uh this one's very similar i love this video i'm glad glad you brought it up uh doug how about you doug me uh mine would be uh it's probably a toss-up uh two videos we talked about uh already um and that would be clockwork and sleepless hey uh, hey i can't i can't i can't i can't those the i can't really choose they're both really just Two really fantastic videos. Um, uh, super excited about both of them. So that's it. Those are mine. I don't need to talk about them because we already have. And for me, it's 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 similar where it's a toss-up between Kazette, Sleepless, because I'm not usually into narrative videos. Um, but I I was like captivated by this one. I think, and we we I don't know if we mentioned who who directed it. Um, we did not. It was uh, Peter Wang who uh, may be doing a commentary for us, which would be really awesome. Yeah, he's already done a couple. So we'll link to those. And and the How You Love Me video by Blau, which I which I mentioned. I'll link to the article I wrote in, which I had a lot of fun writing yeah. um, about this video because I I thought this one was super fun and um, I really love. I got to get the name of the actress in there because I thought she like. She definitely like made the video for me. So, what was her name again? Uh, Rachel Eileen is her name. And then Mr. Lance my, Drake. So my favorites are, uh, I'd say, a three-way tie between Robin Thicke's video because I don't want anyone to think that I'm a hater. <laughs> uh, and I, Good choice. I love Jonas and uh, love that video. Uh, and Kazette's video, I think, was. Really well done. Really smart video. Uh, I also love the Diplo video and my two videos. So there's five videos <laughs> that I like. Uh, um, and the Coldplay video, genius. <laughs> that one's the top. That one's the one A. Everything else is one B. I'm gonna have to write. I'm gonna have to write it like uh, an essay or something like that on the Coldplay post. But I, but I, I yeah. I, in, in defense of the Coldplay video, it was a Saturday it. afternoon, you guys. Well, thank you very much, Lance, for joining us on the podcast. This was awesome. Um, My pleasure, guys. We've had you on the, the the blog many times, and we've been wanting to get you on the podcast for a while. So we're we're very glad we we're able to do it. Um, and yeah, like we mentioned. We'll, we'll have a, a go to imvtb.com slash podcast slash 113 and uh, you'll get all the links that we've talked about from uh, 
whatever that commercial was where the old people text message each other um, <laughs> to Lance Drake's uh, IMVDB uh, page, which has all the videos you should be watching. Um, and a few other things to take a look out for this week. Um, we, uh, Our friend Adam Alexander has a new site, fringemusicfix.com, that is completely redesigned and is awesome. Um, and it uses a feature that only Adam is using right now, and that is the ability to embed videos with an embed code and have all the credits be there, including inf- including information on like the director. You know, all whole credits. You can customize how it's viewed. It shows you view counts and stuff. You can choose, uh, and it's working out for you, Adam. Oh yeah, for sure. There's some tweaking to do, but I'm liking it. It looks great. <laughs> nice. Uh, Got to talk about the tweaking. What happens if you produce, direct, edit? Is it just going to have my name like 300 times over the video? Yeah, would, we, yeah we have a they few. Just scroll across. Right we have across. a few videos. You can actually do t- uh, just top credits or full credits. So like if, some videos have like 120 credits on them. So um, we, if you want to just do like a certain uh, level of credits, you can do that. But yeah, if you're if you're credited on like a multiple things, it'll show multiple things. We should we should add a credit that just said I I did everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that that'll be the line. That'll be a line because we do sometimes it'll be a, a music video and it's just the same name fifteen times. And it's like, okay, so you made this, uh, is what that means. <laughs> and, so. um, yeah, and actually that feature we're, we're trying to get out to the general public soon, um, it's, it's, uh, which I think would be really cool. Um, and then one other thing, we have a sweet commentary for uh, the band The Shoe. The song is Broken Hearted Love Song, and it includes director Benjamin Kutzko and actress Jenna Malone, who you may know from The Hunger Games. Um, my personal favorite, uh, the that uh, History Channel miniseries with uh, Donnie Darko. No, oh, she's is she in Donnie Darko? Oh yeah, yeah. man, she's the girlfriend. That's that. Was, oh like, my god, pretty much her. First and she's also role. in the shoe. She's the lead yeah, singer. Yeah, exactly. I should mention that. And she's in the Hatfields and McCoys, <laughs> the miniseries on the History Channel. Um, anyway, she's, oh, my parents love that. Oh, it's know. so good. It really, is, it's really good. <laughs> it's one of my favorites, and uh, that's like my and Hunger Games too. She was awesome in that. So I was really, I was super excited when Doug told me that Jenna Malone was going to be in a commentary, and it's a really good commentary. So we'll link for that as well. Um, but anyway, that's it. We're talking about music videos, and I hope some music videos come out next week, or we won't have shit to talk about. So, with that in mind, we'll and, see and you we're guys still, next week. Oh, wait, I cut you off. We're still. We are this podcast, even though Friday's Fourth of July, it will happen. There we go. Why not? Let's do it. All right, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you. Can you tell we he- we heavily edit these? Um, yeah, you must. I don't. <laughs> my interview is going to be like three seconds. Like, this is great. <laughs>